Hello everyone and welcome to Balls and Whistles, a sports podcast from Highland News and Media. I'm your sports editor, Will Clark, and good news everybody, Andrew Henderson is not here. Andrew is on holiday for two weeks, somewhere nice, maybe somewhere not so nice, I don't really care. All I know is I've been lumbered with all this editing and it's just going to be you and me for the next uh, so many minutes. Let's kick things off with Cali Fissel, who are in the SPFL Trust Trophy third round tomorrow when they travel to League 2 Elgin City. We caught up with Cali Fissel striker Shane Sutherland, who formerly played with Elgin City, and how he credits the League 2 club with him becoming a full-time footballer again. Well, I've still a lot of boys there and, uh, that I speak to uh, on a daily basis and that. Good mates, I've played there a long time and um, they're still playing. And, um, they're going to, they're going to pose a threat because um, they're a good team. They might, might not have started the season the way they wanted to start the season, but going to take away from the players they've got. I think maybe Kane Hester will be out to injury, which is obviously a boost for us and a blow for them because he's a big threat. Um, but they've got other good players, Brian Cameron, Russell Dingwall, I could go on and on. Um, so yeah, if we don't go about our business in the right way and treat it like we have another game this season, then we'll be in for a long day, but we'll go there and do our best. Yeah, you definitely think Elgin City might pose a threat. Yeah, without a doubt. I think uh, people think because they've maybe not started to lead the way they wanted to and that, and they're obviously going to beat at home. So starting on Saturday um, and the missing Kane Hester, people think might think it's going to be an easy game, but it certainly won't be that. Mm-hmm. They're an experienced team. They've been together a long time. I think that's what the manager, Eldon Gavin's tried to do over the last few years is keep the main group of boys together uh, and build on that. Like sort of controls and our both have done over the years and got success through it. So he's tried to do that and mm-hmm. every season had a couple, of, couple more players into the group and that. And so they'll have a, they'll have a good team spirit about themselves and and it's a big game for them. And um, at the end of the day, it's a cup game. It's they're at home against Inverness and going back through years it, it was a big rivalry between the two sets of clubs so mm-hmm. I'm sure it won't be any different and they'll, they'll pose a threat but we'll look to, to go about our business the way we have been Do you think it might be a partisan atmosphere given the proximity between the two clubs? Yeah, hopefully hopefully there'll be a, a decent crowd there and um, one for the players to play in because it's good playing in front of a big crowd it give a bit of atmosphere about it and all that and then also for it as well but what's gone on in the last few years if you get a big crowd through the doors it would help them out and that um, but no, you always, you always want to play in front of the biggest crowd you can and if you can get a big crowd there for away fans as well to, to help us get away then it'd be good mm. Obviously you were at Elgin City and that's where uh, John Robertson noticed you to bring you back to Cali Fissel um, how much do you credit Elgin City in helping you be- get back to full-time football? Oh, without a doubt. Um, I go back four or five years now when I'd done my cruciate. Um, I was coming out of contract at Elgin at the time and Jim Weir was the manager and they gave me a two-year deal knowing that I wouldn't play probably for the large part of that first year. So they, they stuck by me in that sense and um, obviously I, I like to think I've repaid a bit of that obviously with the goals I've scored over the years and all that. Um, and the way I played, but no, I do a lot to them to get in that full-time move because them as a club, as they've always said, they wouldn't like stand in the way if the, the, the opportunity came up again. And thankfully, obviously, I was running out of contract the year that John came in, and I was my pre-contract in January. And but I spoke to Elgin about it before I signed it, just to let them know that it was going to happen, and they were they were delighted for me and um, wanted to keep me going until the end of the season and um, to push on with the club before I left. And obviously, COVID struck, so I didn't get to finish that season. But no, nah, definitely, it's. The manager Gavin, he's, he's, he was true to his word in terms of he wouldn't 
not holding the grudges if you went full time because I've always been a player that's wanted to do it. There's players out there that are, I won't say happy playing part time because they want to play at the highest level, but they've, they've got a good job outside of football that maybe tie them down a little bit to part time, which I didn't have at the time. So it was an opportunity I couldn't turn down, and it was, it was probably the only team um, that would make me leave Elgin at the time because I've got my wee boy in that and in Renes, so I wouldn't really want to leave the area if I got an opportunity to go elsewhere. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but at the time, um, uh, everything just fell into my lap and it was it was perfect for me and Gavin and the club were good at it. And it, it's been a great start the season for Cali Fissel and you've played a good part in it as well. How do you evaluate your own performance uh, since Yeah, the start? I, um, I came back in the summer and then I had worked out the summer, I came back to fit and played a lot of the pre-season games and the cup games and got a couple of goals there and I kind of settled you down just right and I got a couple more in the league and that. And so yeah, I think I've had a, a good start but there's more to come, there's more to come from us all and me personally. And I've obviously missed things, I was on the bench on Saturday and I missed the one before that and cut just a couple of little niggles that never really settled down and trying to play through and never getting a chance to, to recover properly. But yeah, I played an hour on Saturday and so hopefully that's in the legs now and a good week, good week of training this week and I'll be good to go and uh, back to my best hopefully. Excellent. Uh, still three points top of the championship. Is there a feeling that uh, Cali Fissel are contenders for promotion in the dressing room? Hey, we, we fancy ourselves to win every game, but we're not going to talk about a title at this stage. We've played it. The old cliche is it's, we'll all say it, and I'm sure every single club will say it. Um, but we go into every single game thinking we can win it. Um, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't turn up if we didn't think we were going to win it. Does it mean we're going to win it? No, it definitely doesn't, as we showed on Saturday. Um, we give ourselves too much, much to do after going 2 0 down, um, even with the man sent off, which didn't get over the line. And obviously lost our first league game of the season, but we've dusted ourselves down. We've had a chat about it. We know where we went wrong, what we can improve on, and we'll, we'll work on it this week. And hopefully, we'll go into the cup game, get a little bit of mind off the league. Um, that'll be it. That'll deal with itself next week at home to Morton. And we're, we're full focus this week on on Elgin, um, and hopefully, we can progress in the cup. And how are you enjoying working under Billy Dodds? Is he a, a very different manager to John Robertson, just in terms of the way they play? No, each manager's own person. There's always going to be small differences in, in what he wants and that, but they're both ex-strikers, so it was, it's good for the attackers in the team because they know how they want to play, play when they were playing in the career and watch school goals and that, so you learn from both of them, but in terms of the gaffer now, he's been a breath of fresh air. I think it helped that when Neil McCann was and he came in as assistant, um, so we kind of knew what we were coming into in pre-season. We knew the guy, you know, I wasn't wasn't like going in with eyes shut, not knowing what kind of character he was, and that we knew he was a bubbly type of character. And if you give him the ball on the pitch, um, that's all he got, that's all he'll ask for. He knows that players will make mistakes on any given day, but if you give him 110 percent and, and work your socks off, and there's not much more he can ask of that. And the, the bits of quality they might come and go in a game, but he, he trusts us. And I would say, as you say, it's been a good start, but we need to keep building on that. Excellent. Ross County aren't in action this weekend because of the international break, but we still caught uh, up with Reagan Charles Cook, uh, one of the foreign players for the Staggies this season, and we spoke about how he's settling into life in Dingwall and how it took a bit of time due to the pandemic for him to get settled. Yeah, it's really positive. Like as you can see from the performances, that like, we really look positive and going forward, and we really look strong all around the pitch. If you know, it's just the wee little mistakes. That um, that we that we just need to cut out. So it's just little tweaks here and there, and I uh, no doubt that points will start to be added upon the board. 
certainly creating no shortage of chances in the games and you've been you know, well involved with a couple of goals yourself as well. Yeah, it's a huge positive to take and confidence boost for me that um, I'm involved a lot and I'm creating chances and scoring goals. Just want it to carry on and I know I can produce a lot more so it's just it's just still early part of the season so yeah I'm feeling real confident and positive at the moment so yeah. On a personal level do you feel you're really you know reaping the benefits of a you know a good run of games uh, you know starting in, in the team yeah of course I was stop start like when you have a run of games you feel a lot fear like one thing I've realized I feel a lot fear like getting up and down the pitch going from one end to another like we call it like the Ross County fast break and stuff like that so it's so it's like a big positive that when you have a run of games you feel fear and you feel a lot more confident because you're producing more as well so yeah and that, that confidence is that some of that come from the coaching staff you know and the manager just working with you because they, they, they obviously saw straight away the potential that you have uh, for playing the way they like to play, you know, with the, the white men. And yeah, of course, like, the manager has huge belief in me, like he tells me all the time, and it's not just the managers, that were the staff behind, because mm-hmm. they also do a lot of work with us um, individually and the way we like look at games and where we can impact and yeah. what areas we can impact. So it's huge credit to them, to the staff and the manager, you know, having belief in me. and. Playing me this, it's playing me a lot more this season, you know what I mean? And I just yeah. wish to keep giving them the positive back and the benefits of trusting me. But it's interesting you say that there's more to come from you, you know, as well. You feel there's, there's a lot more to come. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know myself. Like, he sees me every day on the training pitch and he's always telling me, there's a lot more. I see you every day in training. Mm-hmm. And I know the first thing you need to have is self-belief. And I know myself, there's like a good 30% more to come. And I know... The more games I play, and especially when the more wins and we start to put up on the board, the team gets more confident. I get more confident, so I'm no doubt like we're gonna push even further forward now. Yeah. So yeah. Is there a risk though, even though you've been playing well as a team, that the longer it goes on without a win, that maybe that confidence will, will start to erode a bit. No, not at all. Because like, if you, if you obviously you're not around our change room, but if you see the amount of positivity around our change room, like you can come in from games and think, oh my gosh, like I've been in games where mm-hmm. we haven't created nothing. Can you know, like it wasn't a good performance, good performance. But what you have to remember is that it's a we've been together for a short period. It's a, a revamp squad, so it takes a process for us to actually gel together. But we're gelling together quite quickly. Like. People are making debuts every week, and we're joined together quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And like, I believe in the staff and the manager's um, project and process, and I think like very soon that you'll start to see us reap the benefits. Like we had the first, our first six games were really tough. All the games are tough yeah, this year, yeah, yeah. probably like one of the hardest I've seen the league. But we're confident in any game we go into that we can get points, and you'll start to see it. We'll start to put points on the board soon. Was that gelling process that you speak of quite difficult last season? Because I mean, uh, you obviously arrived last summer, um, you know, coming to a new league, and you know there were loads of restrictions which maybe stopped you from bonding with teammates a bit more. Has that been? Yeah, of course. Like I thought, it was probably the most difficult I could have personally have it. Like I've never lived outside of London. I've always lived with my parents. I come down here. And after like you're living, uh, you still see the boys, but you're not allowed to go out for food, not allowed to bond. That all plays a part. So when you're off the pitch, it plays a part on the pitch as well. And after family couldn't come down, I couldn't see family. So it was a really tough period for me. And when you're not playing, it's kind of it's it's kind of difficult. But like especially when I came back here in the summer, like 
there was a big change. You could see it, like the, uh, the boys, the, the little changes, but they actually make big changes, what the manager and the staff has done in the summer with like the chairman and stuff to bring into the club, and it's made a big impact on us, so yeah. Do and players, impact on me. Sorry, do the players socialise quite a bit away from the, the stadium or just, you know, little things? And... Yeah, of course, we still have to be careful, you know what I mean? We don't yeah. want to get COVID, the players yeah. know, like, what areas we can, but uh, socialising, but it's good to, like, go for a cup of coffee and just chat with the boys or yeah. hang around with a bit with the boys after training instead of um, being in and got to go off because we're all in, like, separate changing rooms yeah. and... It's really tough. Like we but, still follow uh, the we still follow the COVID restrictions, of yeah, course. Yeah. But like it's just a bit it's just a bit lighter, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. It plays a huge part yeah. for me personally and the boys as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you've got a few home games coming up. I mean, you, you see that's quite a good opportunity to you know generate some form. Yeah, of course. Like the, when you have your fans behind you, it's always a confidence boost. It's always a confidence boost when they're cheering, cheering you on. So yeah, like it would be a good place for us to generate form. I think it's we got like three home games coming up. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good place to put on some points. So yeah. For more football news in the Highland League, the North Caledonian League, and wherever you're based in the north of Scotland. Find out in the latest copy of the Inverness Courier, Russia Journal, Northern Times, the John O'Groat Journal, the Northern Scot, and the Forest Gazette, and anywhere else in Aberdeenshire, Murray, the Highlands, where you can buy a weekly newspaper. If you were on the streets of Inverness on Sunday, you might have wondered to yourself, why the heck are there so many people running? Well, I'll tell you. The Loch Ness Marathon and Festival of Running made a triumphant return to Inverness last weekend after a year's absence due to the pandemic. Almost 8,000 people were registered to take part in three different races. They included the Riverness 5K, where the men's title was won by Glaswegian athlete Mohamed Warsami, and the women's title it was won by Dingwall Academy people Caitlin Heggie, who is also a member of Ross County Athletics Club. In the Riverness 10K, Maryborough athlete Sean Chalmers won the men's title for the first time. And in the women's event, Megan Keith successfully defended her title. In the Loch Ness Marathon itself, Fife Athletics Club athlete Megan Crawford won the women's title for the third time. But it was the men's title which grabbed the headlines. It's Stuart Livingston, an athlete from Kerstorfen Athletics Club in Edinburgh, became the first Scottish person to win the title in nine years. We caught up with Stuart minutes after he crossed the finish line. About three, four minutes off my PB, so I was really pleased about that. I knew training had been going well, so I kind of knew, I knew it was on. But uh, to be honest, I probably, I probably underestimated how tough the first half of the course is with the downhills. It really, really takes out your legs. Yeah. Um, but as soon as it kind of flattened out a bit, I kind of felt good, and I was able to push on a little bit in the second half and kind of hung on over that hill at Doris. And then once you get to the top of that hill, then you've got to let gravity do its, do its thing. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was really, really pleased. So, were, how did the race develop? Then? Were you always ahead? Uh, there, was, there was a group of five of us that probably went through maybe about 10 miles. 
and then me and the, the guy from Swansea seemed to push on a little bit uh, when it flattened uh, and I got a sense that I was just getting a wee gap about 15 miles so I just kind of get my head down and did look back and go for it. To be honest, it was only when I, it was only coming back down the riverside that I really knew what the gap was like so I could relax a little bit in that kind of final, final mile yeah. of that Chris. And, and what about the wind that was predominantly behind you I guess? Yeah, yeah, behind, sometimes across, it was never, yeah. never, uh, never an impeding factor, it always, always yeah. felt like it was helping you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, weather was a little bit of rain to keep you nice and cool, but pretty, pretty perfect marathon conditions really. Yeah. Lucky yeah. in Scotland in October. <laughs> yeah. So have you run this one before? No, it's my first time, it's okay. always, it's always been one that I've wanted to do. Um, and then this year with so much uncertainty about whether you'll be able to travel, it felt like the sense of what was a good sense of loss do a marathon in Scotland this year rather than gambling that you'd be allowed to go to Europe or even down to London or something like that. So I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, it's the same day in London and it, it couldn't be a it can be a different experience. I was actually surprised by the sport on the course. I was expecting it to be quite quiet, but you know, all the people that live down that way seem to come out and cheer from the doors and yeah. that was that was great a great kind of support along the along the way, really helpful. Then Korean Tenderness is just such a buzz. So. That's good, yeah. Yeah. So your P V then was London, was it? London twenty nineteen. Um, but I felt like I've kind of improved since since then and um, training went well and I didn't have, didn't have magic shoes two years ago so uh, it'd be good uh, not to say not to say that's probably a factor in contributing to the time but I'm, but I'm really pleased. Yeah. Good good enough that it's a good PB, not so close to 230 that I'm thinking oh if only I'd pushed that a wee bit more so uh, so no. So how many marathons have you done? That's my today's my sixth. Uh, yeah I'm not I'm not a huge kind of marathon head I'm more I can more prefer the 10Ks to be honest right, but right. every couple of years I like to I like to just I think yeah. I could get maybe down a little bit but I have to admit I think that might be me in the marathons easy to say easy to say five minutes after you've finished but I enjoy the fight with the 10K training a lot more than I enjoy the come back and defend your title though. well that's true that's, that's true that's, that's the downside of winning you do feel you do feel an obligement oh my god I don't think my partner would be too keen to hear me say that she, she might fancy her summer holiday next year so, so what old are you? I'm 37 so um, yeah, I'm kind of very conscious that every every good run could be your PB for the rest of your life now. So young enough. Uh, yeah. So you're on for Christophe, you live in Edinburgh? Yeah, yeah, I live in Edinburgh. Moved to Edinburgh in 2029, and when I got back into it, I used to run commander carriers as a junior. Then fell out of it for a few years. Got back into it in my late 20s and joined Christophe, and it's been oh, it's been a great club to to join. Get it get to train with a bunch of fast guys and just. Yeah. Came on leaps and bounds in the last few years uh, since since I joined them. Okay. So. And what do you do? What like? Uh, Work-wise, I work for an energy consultancy. So I'm um, basically spent the last year and a half sitting at my kitchen table uh, working uh, at a laptop. So uh, it's nice to go for some fresh air. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, well done again. Thank Excellent. And finally, this week, a heartwarming story from the world of Shinty. Connor Cormack, a firefighter from Inverness, was named Man of the Match in the Kavanagh Cup Final when Kinloch Shield beat Lovett 3-1 to win the trophy for the first time in their history. Little did he know that a cabin maker in Inverness had made a promise to Kinloch Shield that if they won the Kavanagh Cup, he would make a commemorative cabin 
a shinty stick, for those who don't know the sport well enough, to the player Kinlock Shield thought was the best player on the day. I caught up with Connor this week to speak about the special presentation and also Kinlock Shield's success in the Cup and then playing in the final in the McTavish Cup next weekend where the Westeros club could achieve a double. Yeah, uh, surprise or I was, yeah, because I'd actually asked Robbie, I, I messaged him uh, the day after the game just saying um, I would really like it if he'd be able to make me a stick just to remember the day. <laughs> and uh, he told me that he'd actually already committed to making one for the match. Aye. So that there was going to be a stick on, my, <laughs> on its way to me anyway. So Aye. I was surprised, but obviously delighted because <laughs> I've actually, Roddy's made one from, uh, I've I had him make one for my dad's 50th birthday, which was really nice, so that's why I decided oh, I would really like to have one made, but he was already on it. Yeah. So I was delighted. And both being uh, Beely men, I suppose, uh, a former Beely player, as we see. Yeah. Um, it's more special. Well, I've, I've known Roddy for a lot of years, Aye. so it's quite nice getting a stick that's been made by someone I've known for a long time. Made from materials that are sort of so close to home as well. I think you told me this came from an oak tree up at Corden Battlefield. That's right, you told us this. So that's quite nice as well. It makes it even a little bit more unique. So it's quite good. Excellent. It's been some season for King Lockshield, not only winning the Camera Cup, but uh, the McTavish Cup finals now. That's the last major trophy yeah, King Lockshield so having the one. That's right, yeah. We've got a, fin a cup final. Uh, to work towards again, so we've not been able to sort of sit about for too long, uh, just get back to work and maybe have a break after all, it's all over. Aye. It's been just a, a weird season for everybody, so Aye. it'd be good to come out of it with two trophies, that'll just be unreal. Aye. And that'll be like with having the set as well, if we're able to do it. Aye. Obviously there's a big task ahead of us before that happens, but um, we'll find out who we're playing on Saturday. Fort William McKinnissy. Yeah. So three guesses two guesses who you prefer. <laughs> Do you know I think can you still be the favourites with you know, with fair reason for that, but I wouldn't write Fort William off. They've got some really good players. They're young and fit and they'll give anyone a good game on their day. So I mean yeah, I don't know who we'll get. I think most people will be expecting can you see but I, I wouldn't write anyone off. Ah. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. But Johnson's going to keep you through your paces up to the final. Oh, right? aye, absolutely. I think it'll be a case of staying as fit as we can, managing injuries, and just treating it, you know, every every week as we normally would. And then the week leading up to the final, we'll just sort of maybe settle down and try to avoid everyone making their injuries worse. <laughs> Uh, it'll be okay. I'm sure it will, will come through it. So balls and whistles is only half as long as usual, but our team is only half as long as usual as well. Uh, Hendo is still on holiday. He was last spotted riding a donkey in Blackpool with a 99 in hand. Sounds like he's having a great time. And uh, Hendo is still going to be on holiday next week. So I'll be back. Uh, I might bring someone in with me if they fancy it. Uh, if you fancy it, get in touch. I'd be delighted to uh, have some company. Um, in the meantime, go and buy a paper. There's some fantastic journalism in it this week, um, especially the sports section. Uh, Alistair Fraser on board this week. Thanks very much for your help. Some great stories. And uh, as well as Craig Christie and Johnny Clark, the Northern Scot in the Forest Gazette. Alan Hendry up at the John O'Groat Journal as well. 
there's some great sports journalists in the Highlands. So go and buy a paper and read their work if you haven't before. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. In the meantime, I'll see you next week. All the best. Have a good weekend and stay warm. Thank you.